are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Ah, thanks. Thank you, thank you. All right. How's everybody doing today? Good. How was your Thanksgiving? Good. Heard a slightly fewer goods, I think. Let's be honest. How many of you had a hard Thanksgiving? Huh? Okay. Two honest people. Great. How many of you had a fantastic Thanksgiving? Awesome. Significant portion of you didn't raise your hand for either. Hmm. Wonder what kind of Thanksgiving that was. All right. Um... So I, I have a, a very, very, very small part of a very, very, very large subject that I'd like to talk about uh, today. Um, but before we dive into that, I wanted to lay just a little bit of groundwork so that we could uh, be talking from the same page. Does that sound okay? Okay, great. Um, so if you guys have been around here for a while, then this is uh, probably familiar to you. If you're new here, then this might be new information. But um, a big, a big part of my uh, testimony is that ever since I was a little kid, I've uh, seen in the spirit. And so I've seen angels and demons and other spiritual things, uh, not so differently from the way that I'm seeing all of you right now. Um, and uh, before we dive in, I just wanted to share just a little bit about a couple of things I saw during worship today. Is that, is that okay? Are we good with that? Cool. This side is excited, this side skeptical, but that's okay. <laughs> so... Uh, this one thing that was fun with our uh, our impending uh, groundbreaking and also just uh, the thing with our land is funny because I uh, I haven't necessarily in in this whole building preparation process and things like that I've I've seen like little things along the way but I've never felt like there was like one big thing that was marking like uh, where we were gonna have our building and what was going there and things like that but it's funny how the the physical sometimes mirrors what's going on with the spiritual or vice versa, however you want to look at it. But um, this morning when we were uh, praying upstairs with our with our staff, I looked out the window at the spot where the building is going to be, and I saw this angel standing, this big 15-foot-tall angel with a gigantic uh, golden spike that was actually taller than the angel was. And he was uh, standing there ready to drive that spike right into the center of the spot where we're going to be having our building. Um, and one thing that I, I think that's cool is, you know, there's two sides to this kind of thing. On one end, a, a building is just a building. It's just it's just a place. You know, we've been experiencing the presence of God in what is probably slightly less than a building, um, and uh, and God's presence is still here. Yeah, but um, the cool thing is is that there there was one aspect of God's presence when the children of Israel were traveling in the desert when they were following the fire by day excuse me fire by night and cloud by day there was another aspect of his presence as they started to establish cities as they started to establish civilization one isn't superior to the other there is different stages of what of God revealing himself to us and through us and so uh, we'll get into this more I'm sure in the future but I'm really excited with what God's going to do there and I'm excited to see the very beginnings of that um one other fun thing that I, I saw during worship was um, as Dan was taking that time to have us kind of focus on the Lord and the things that he's done in that kind of thankfulness moment, again, if I could ask for a, a little bit of honesty from you guys, how many of you found it kind of hard to pull something up or kind of tune into something? I, I did. How many, how many others? Awesome. Cool. 
Um, how many of you found it super easy? Awesome. Again, a lot of people not raising their hands. That's okay. I'll get you at some point. <laughs> um, uh, it was interesting because I was having a little bit of a hard time, and so, and I, I was grateful that Dan kept on encouraging us, you know, dig in, dig in. And as I did, I started digging, kind of finding a, a grip on some of that stuff and pulling it up. And when I, as I did, I looked around the room, and I saw these images popping up from around people, and they were pictures of all kinds of different things, like little flashes of memories that I could just kind of see in shadow. I saw moments where people uh, who maybe in the past you had never thought were, would ever come to know the Lord come to the Lord. I saw moments of, um, of like deep financial trouble just kind of having uh, huge amounts of breakthrough and sudden uh, change to, the, to people who are struggling all of a sudden moving into success financially and all these different testimonies that people were bringing up. Now, what was really cool was at the very end, as we started sharing with one another, I saw those testimonies as they were floating over people's heads in this kind of cloudy way, hop from one person to the other, as if like they were receiving the impartation just by hearing what, what God had done with that person. Does that, does that make sense? The extra fun part was at the very end, when we all just kind of sang and pray, praised the Lord together, I saw all of those uh, testimonies multiply and go all across the room to every single person. So I just, yeah, it was cool. So again, I just want to encourage you, thankfulness is not just about having a good attitude. Thankfulness is about the good things that God has done for you, remaining alive in your life, and being impartable to other people. And so it's more than just, you know, be thankful and have a good attitude. It's actually a posture that equips good things to continue to happen to you and, and to other people. Does that make sense? So that's just a couple fun things that I saw in the beginning of today. Um, so if you would, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Galatians. Galatians. We're going to go to Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to go to verse 22. Um, this one's pretty familiar, especially if you've been in church for a little while. Um, uh, so, uh, again, even if this is familiar, uh, go ahead and listen. So, it's, uh, chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Which is great. If there was a law against joy, that would be a bummer. <laughs> um, so, how many of you like the fruits of the Spirit? I think that's a good thing. So, what, what is a fruit of the Spirit? I was thinking about that earlier this week. And so the first question I thought to myself is, what's a fruit? What's a fruit? A tomato is a fruit. It's a fun fact we'd like to throw out there. Right? <laughs> tomato is a fruit. A cucumber is a fruit. Did you know that? Hmm? A pumpkin is a fruit. Pumpkin is a fruit. A squash is a fruit. Apples, blueberries, bananas, okay. So what makes a fruit a fruit? Any, any botanists in the room? Seeds, good job. 
The actual literal translation in, in, the, in terms of botany with the fruit, it is, it is the, uh, what are we laughing at over here? Is the, the structure that carries and holds the seeds of a plant. Yeah. What's a vegetable? Uh, a bad fruit. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, the weird thing is a vegetable is just any other part of the plant that's edible, essentially, which is weird. These are the things that I do in my Bible studies. <laughs> um, now, what is a fruit? A fruit is the vessel that carries the ability for that plant, for that thing to reproduce itself, to, to happen again. It's also the nutrition to feed that thing. It's also nutrition for animals, for people. For, for It is the edible part of the, the fruit that bears the, the seeds of the plant. So um, a fruit of the Spirit, then, would be different than a gift of the Spirit, right? Right? Like I said, framework. We're building framework right now. We're going we're gonna to set something on this frame in a second. A fruit of the Spirit would be different than a gift of the Spirit. What would the difference be? A gift of the Spirit is something that you freely receive, something you couldn't earn on your own, something that comes directly from God. Um, you don't need to turn here because we're not going to spend too much time, but just, again, a quick reminder in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. It's, um, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a measure of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, what we would call a word of knowledge. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. That sounds like a fun one. Um, to another, prophecy. <laughs> to another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. These are things that are given to you, abilities that you do not have that are given to you by God. They're, they're gifts of the Spirit. Now, what's the difference between a gift in the Spirit and a fruit of the Spirit? They still come from God. They still come from the Spirit, right? Well, let me think of it this way. Um, I cannot make a tomato. It's from God. But I can cultivate a tomato. I can cultivate a tomato. I can cause, I can create a situation where tomatoes can cultivate in my life. <laughs> right? I know this is silly and you're just picturing 46 uh, tomato plants inside my kitchen. Um, but <laughs> at least that's what I'm picturing. Um, but it is not something that I can make happen, but it is something that I can cultivate, and it's also something I cannot cultivate. <coughs> so I'm gonna tell you this story real quick. Um, uh, several years ago, uh, I'm the uh, director of our School of Ministry, Bethel Atlanta School of Supernatural Ministry. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Those are probably our students or just, or just fans, who knows. Um, <laughs> so a couple of years ago, I was, uh, I was at... Uh, at school, and I was downstairs just doing, doing a little bit of work, and one of our second-year students walked in about 20 minutes late, and he walked in, and just looking at him, you know, he had his backpack kind of hanging half off his shoulder, he was trying to get that on, he was sweating a little bit, even though it was January, um, he, uh, you know, he was just kind of stumbling his way in, and he looked, looked disheveled, you know, and, uh, you know, get himself situated and all that, and then all of a sudden he catches my eye, and he looks at me, and he's like, oh, He's like, Blake, I'm sorry, I'm late. 
I feel bad. Uh, you know, I just got a lot going on right now. I didn't say anything. He just, you know, is that look at someone and feel guilty thing. Uh, just so you know, that happens a lot when you're a minister. Like, people just look at you and, like, apologize for things that you have no idea what they're talking about. But it's great. Um, so this is one of those times. He walks in and looks at me and says, I'm so sorry I'm late. And, you know, I've just been really, really busy right now. And, you know, I got... Um, you know, at work, we just hired uh, two new guys on, and my boss asked me to train both of them, and so, you know, I'm working on doing that, and, you know, I have that side business, that big side project that I was telling you about, this new software that I'm developing, and, you know, I've been working on that in the nights, and, you know, uh, second year, we have our group projects, these big, you know, projects that we work on together, and, you know, I'm, I'm leading one of those, I'm designing a website for one of the other ones, and, uh, you know, one of the, uh, and I'm, you know, just helping out with some graphics work with this, with this other one, you know, and, and, um, and you know, it just keeps going on and going on. And uh, I still haven't said anything at this point. <laughs> um, and I said, so, so how's, that, how's that working out? <laughs> and he said, I, I think I got it. <laughs> you know, I'm you know, doing good, almost there. And I said, okay. Yeah. He's like, yeah, well, you know, once I, once I get this stuff sorted out with my project, and, you know, once I finish that, finish the first couple chapters of that book that I'm working on, and I said, a book? Oh, you didn't tell me about the book. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm writing a book also. Um, <laughs> and, you know, once, once, once I kind of get some of this stuff out of the way, it's going to be great. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so he walked up, and, and as he walked up, I looked, and I saw a demon hanging out on the back of his neck, like right at the nape of his neck. And it was this small thing. It was about, like, yay big. Kind of looked like a leech a little bit, just sitting at the back of his neck. And so he continued up the stairs, and I thought, huh. <laughs> so a few weeks went by, and another night I was, I was downstairs, and again, just this time only about five minutes late, uh, this student walks in again. And this time he's looking a little bit, uh, a little bit disheveled, even more so. He's sweating again. Uh, he's dragging his backpack behind him. He uh, <laughs> and he's just looking, looking kind of like looking into the middle distance as he's as he's walking in. And I look at him, and this this uh, demon that I see on the back of his neck is now twice as big and hanging about to the the middle of his back. It's kind of swollen up a little bit, um, you know, like a tick. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I said, so I walked up to him and I said, how's it going? <laughs> I said, well, my boss, you know, said I was doing such a good job training the new employees that now he gave me a two more employees to train. And, you know, I'm working on that, of course. And, you know, the deadline for the company I'm working with, with the uh, code for the new software I'm developing for this new side business is in a couple weeks. So, you know, I just kind of been working on that between 10 and 2 in the morning and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, one of the leaders of the small group, uh, of the group projects ended up dropping out, so now I'm leading two projects, and uh, I almost got the website done for the other group, but there's still a few things left left to do with that, and so on, and, and, and that book, yeah, I'm almost done with the book, uh, it's, you know, I almost, almost got the first page started, and it's, <laughs> but it's all right here, I already got it all right here, and I said, How's, how's this going? And he said, I, I think I got it. <laughs> and I said, okay. And he walked by. 
Now, for those of you who are getting very upset at me for not mentioning to my friend that there is a leech-like demon hanging off the back of his neck, um, a, a small amount of background uh, on this. Uh, I, I, as I said, I've been singing the Spirit since I was very young. I started kind of sharing it with, with other people when I was 12 years old and, and learned pretty quickly that oftentimes when you mention that someone has a demon on or around them, that it f- freaks them out a little bit. Um, <laughs> Uh, and uh, for many years, I, I did not have a single positive experience where, where people were anything other than terrified, hurt, or, or um, uh, offended at me bringing up some kind of demonic thing that was around them, uh, even when they specifically asked me to do exactly that. Um, <laughs> and now, so... For, a, a, partly because of my experience. B, because I, I've found that sometimes those things are there simply for the sake of gaining attention uh, and are often just kind of go away the same way that um, you know, a, a metaphor that I like to use is, you know, apparently these, these things right here are the most disgusting germ-riddled things in our entire life. They're, they're covered back to front with uh, horrible microbes of, of every kind, um, which is normally not that big of a deal because our bodies are fantastic at fighting off those things without uh, much of our notice or attention. The same is true with regards to the demonic, is that our spirits are fundamentally designed to push that stuff away. And it's actually the the exception, just like it is, it's the exception that we should get sick. It's the exception that one of those things, you know, would would take root or kind of cause a larger problem. So just to clear that. So Partially, I didn't like bringing undue attention to demonic stuff, and partially, I had never really had a positive experience with sharing that with people. Uh, because of that, I was, I was hesitant to, to bring it up. Another couple, couple weeks went by, and my friend, uh, 40 minutes late, comes in to class, dragging his feet and kicking his backpack <laughs> across the floor. <laughs> And walks past me. I'm sitting in a, in a chair down at the down at, down in the uh, lobby area. And um, walks walks past me. He looks pale at this point. And there, the leech demon on the back of his neck is hanging about to his his lower middle back area. And there's two more demons following him. So I thought I should probably say something. <laughs> <laughs> And he walked past me, and I said, hey, <laughs> how's it going? And he said, I, I, I got it. <laughs> I said, why don't, you, why don't you sit down? And I said, how's it going? <laughs> and he said, I, I missed uh, the last three of my uh, kids' soccer games because of all the extra work I've been trying trying to do and missed one of my other other kids' uh, ballet recitals because I've just had all this stuff piled up and my wife just uh, confronted me about it right before I left for school. Um, and as soon as he said this, I saw demon number two with a big uh, bucket uh, full of like black stuff, just kind of dump it over his head. I had seen this kind of demon before. And it's a demon that just tries to dump shame on, on someone, you know. And on the positive side, uh, the, the, val- the high value that this guy had for his family um, was causing him to recognize that he had a problem. 
on the negative side, the enemy was trying to take advantage of this positive value that he had and take him into an unhelpful area of shame rather than the helpful area of guilt um, to, to just cause him more harm. Um, and so just kind of dumping this, this bucket over his head. Um, I, and then he went again, I won't uh, belabor you with the details, but again, he went into the very long list of, of things that he had going on and how he was just trying to keep everything together and how he was trying to, as soon as I get this done, or as soon as I get this figured out, as soon as I get this sorted, then I'll be able to be fine. Uh, then we'll be all squared away. And as he was doing that, demon number three um, was just uh, dangling something right in front of him. Like, it wasn't a carrot, but it made me think of a carrot. That's uh, just out of reach of, ah, as soon as this, as soon as that, as soon as this happens, I just got to push through this. I just got to buckle down. I just got to grind my way, way through this. Um, and so I asked my friend, uh, I said, hey, this, this doesn't seem like this is working. And he went into explaining, as soon as I get this, as soon as I get that. And I said, what do you, what do, you do for fun? Which is one of the first questions I always ask when I see someone who's being oppressed by the demonic. And he said, uh, I, I work. <laughs> I said, what do you do for rest? <laughs> and... He said, uh, sometimes my wife's still up after I'm done working and we'll like watch a movie or something and fall asleep during the movie. I said, oh. I said, do you think that like crashing at the end of the day is, is rest? And he Looked like he wanted to say yes, but that the, realized that, that was probably the wrong answer. <laughs> I said, rest is the tool that we use to protect the fruit of the spirit of peace in our life. I said, fun, doing something purely for the sake of enjoying it, not, not for the results that it will get, not for the... Uh, benefit that it will be to you or others, but just for the joy of doing that thing is, is the tool that we use to protect the fruit of the spirit of joy in our life. You see, this, this whole por portion of scripture here, if you read the, uh, the previous several verses, and I'll let you do that on your own time, is um, it's a little, little, this is kind of one of those like uh, lines uh, part of, of scripture where some lines are drawn. It's about the, the boundaries of our relationship with God, of life and the spirit. Um, and the, the, the point of this is th these are the signs that you are living in the spirit, <laughs> that you're living in the fruitfulness of your spirit. Now, I, I want to be careful because sometimes if we've been trained to view things from a, a religious perspective, we think of this as a check mark of you're doing good or you're doing bad. And it's, it's, it doesn't, if we get, go into that place, we, we sabotage the entire thing because the portion right before that is all about freedom <laughs> and all about how we're not under the law anymore. 
And so we've we got to be very, very careful because we have two points of temptation here. We can go into, uh, which is, again, covered in this passage, which is, again, worth studying, if we, uh, which you can do on your own. But um, is that we've been set free in Christ. We're not, under, we're not under the burden of the law anymore. Now, what did Jesus say that he came to do with the law? <laughs> fulfill it. He did not came to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. What does that mean? To, to, to br- my interpretation would be to bring it to the fullness of its purpose, <laughs> to, to reveal its actual intent. And, uh, I think a beautiful moment where Jesus illustrated this is uh, on another uh, fantastic piece of scripture in the Sermon on the Mount where he talks, you know, there's these moments where it looks like Jesus is kind of like making everything more difficult where he says, you know, you've heard it said that, you know, you should not kill someone, but I'm telling you that even if you have hate in your heart towards someone, it's, it's, it's just the same. You've heard it said that if you, you should not have adultery with someone, but even if you think of another person improperly, that it's, it's as if you committed adultery. What is that? Is that is that God? Is that Jesus making the law harder? <laughs> no, it's Him showing His intent, which the intent was transformation. The intent was that if you are transformed on the inside, you do not have to fight to not commit adultery. It's what naturally flows out of you because of the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Does that make sense? <clears throat> So if you haven't slept enough, what happens? You get tired. Let's keep it real simple for a second. You get tired, right? That is a series of signals. Your body releases chemicals, releases signals to let you know, hey, you're tired. In the spirit, in your spiritual life, there are these fruits of the spirit that let you know when you're tired, that let you know when you are, you are not living in alignment with the spirit. Again, don't go to the religious mindset of, oh, you're breaking the rules. Oh, you're, you're not doing good enough. No, it's, it's a, oh, I'm not living my f- out of the fullness. I'm not living with, with readily available fruit. My fruit is dying on the vine. <coughs> Let me just punch you in the face gently. Um, <laughs> in our style of culture, we do run into one little problem, which is the other side which is, oh, Lord, give me your peace. Give me peace. Which can be, there's nothing wrong with asking for peace, but we must be careful because the goal is that we would cultivate a lifestyle of peace. And if we treat the peace of God like a drug to try to compensate for a lifestyle where peace cannot cultivate... We, we are misusing the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit, and tr- we're, tr- we're mistaking it for a gift of the Spirit. <laughs> does, that, does that make sense? <laughs> Bop. <laughs> if, if we're in a culture that is um, drived by achievement, by, by checklists, by, by, um, by uh, utility, value, um, uh, uh, how useful our time is, how efficiently we use our time. Again, these things are not wrong on their own. But if we do not have the capacity, we do not have the value for doing things just for the sake of the joy that we get out of them, then we are 
misusing our ability to, to use a God-given tool to protect joy in our life. And then we might come to church on Sunday and look for a good, high worship experience and say, Lord, give me your joy. And we're asking for an injection of something that we're meant to cultivate. Does that make sense? It's so important that we understand this because otherwise we're living in lack. We're living, I mean, I know this is kind of blunt language, but I've seen it happen where we're living like drug addicts that are going from peace experience to peace experience, joy experience to joy experience, to, to you know, we haven't figured out a way how to do that with self-control, which is probably for the best. Um, <laughs> there's no self-control drug. <laughs> um, sorry, funny picture in my head, but we'll move on. Um, the, 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 now, again, there's nothing wrong with achievement. God is the most efficient being in the universe. He loves getting things done. He created things. He, he, he built things. There is, there is order and structure to, to what he's done. Just look at science is studying the structure of God, you know, and his creation. And so he, he is ordered and structured, and he likes to get things done. But he also has these other values, that are just as important. And if we raise one over the other, or we're saying, it's okay to sacrifice my peace for a while to do da da da, to, to fulfill this prophetic word that's over my life, to fulfill this destiny that's over my life. I'm sorry, I know I'm stabbing some of you. <laughs> to, uh, to accomplish this thing, then we are not living in his, the fullness of his kingdom. Ooh, I could go deeper, but maybe I maybe I'll pull back from that one. Um, oh, uh, but okay, I'll I'll just say it this way: of I I've <laughs> history. You don't have to read very far about different revivalists, about different ministers, about different uh, missionaries, about different people from from all all stripes of ministry who uh, sacrificed the fruit of the spirit to accomplish godly goals and their life crumbled to pieces <laughs> sorry guys um, and and that's not god punishing those people that's not necessarily them being bad people it's it's us missing that this these are the signs that we are living by the spirit if we're not living by the spirit then we are, we are slowly dying. We, we are missing out on vital nutrients. When you are missing vital nutrients in your body, you start to have problems. Things, things go, go poorly. Um, and so I confronted my, my, uh, my uh, stu student about this, saying, hey, what are you going to do to cultivate peace and cultivate joy in, in your life? And he told his boss, hey, I, I can train one guy. I can, I, that's what I can do right now. Hey, this business is going to be amazing. This software I'm developing is going to be so cool. I do not have capacity to do that right now because this is the same kind of work that I'm doing extra of in, in here. So that, this dream needs to go on hold. <coughs> um, he, uh, it was against school rules for him to be leading two projects anyway, so that was, I told him not to do that. Um, and he said, hey, I can't develop a website for you other group. I'm very sorry that I'm disappointing you and partially messing up your project. But to continue doing that would actually be a violation of my, my life. 
and he took his uh, wife and kids on a vacation. <laughs> um, yes, I know. Happy ending. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, and you know what the funny thing is? <laughs> that guy finished his book and finished his software and all of and all those things that he listed by the end of his his third year, just just a little over a year after that, he actually got it done really fast. <laughs> In fact, he got it done faster than than he he might have. I think that he would have if he kept driving and grinding and going for it. Um, I've done this with you guys before, but I want to conduct just a momentary thought experiment just to just to identify this a little bit more. But um, uh, our, our brains are not designed for multitasking. Do you, do you know that? They're not, they're not, I'm a great multitasker. No, you're not. Your, your, your brain doesn't work that way. It's, it's des- not designed to work that way. Um, really simple thought experiment we could do. Uh, just think this in your head. Just count from 1 to 26 in your head, hitting all the numbers along the way. Boom, did it. Raise your hand when you're done. Perfect. Awesome. Now, uh, list all the letters A to Z in your head and raise your hand as soon as you're done. Okay. Pretty good. A to Z. Not bad. How many of you hum the song in your head? (laughs) With the fast forward button on. Um, Okay. Now, with the same 26 numbers and 26 letters, List them alternating, uh, alternating between them, so that it is A one, B two, C three, and get through all twenty six letters and numbers. Raise your hand when you're done with that. <laughs> without skipping one, without going past one. <laughs> this is already taking longer than it took you to do. 1 through 26, and A to Z. (laughs) Most of you have given up at this point. (laughs) Okay, you can stop now. (laughs) Doesn't, doesn't, not not faster, is it? (laughs) Didn't get it done quicker. (laughs) Um, Now, you could assemble that into a single task and learn how to build trackways and create the, t- turn the, those two separate tasks into one task because your brain is very good at doing that. But you can't hop between things. Your brain is not designed to do that. By focus, by choosing direction, by building towards that, by, by limiting the number of things that you're doing, that actually gets the most physically out of the way that God designed your brain to work. Um, but man, it sure does feel more frantic when you're going back and forth between two things. Kind of makes you feel like you're getting a lot done, doesn't it? Makes you feel like you're hurrying, right? Um, one of the number one things I see the enemy try to do is, is I see him do this with people's emotions. I see him try to do this with uh, responsibilities. I see him try to do this with tasks where he'll bring five things at once and you feel responsible equally for each one and pop, 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 pop between those over and over and over again, exhausting yourself with responsibility, which is a good trait. (laughs) Exhausting yourself with your prophetic destiny. (laughs) Exhausting yourself with how much further it is and how much longer it is. 
when the reality is, is if we cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in our life, we will be more fruitful both in practical ways and in spiritual ways. You will get more done. And I want to just touch on this for a moment because I think this is, this is, um, I think this is an area that, I think this is one of the areas that the Lord wants to use the church to influence the world. <laughs> because we're, we're getting to a, 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 a getting to, we're, we're in an, an arrangement of society where we can do a million things at once. You can accomplish an entire business, hire employees, and uh, start uh, investing, uh, investing in other companies with your, with your excess profits, all with, that, with this in just a few minutes. You know, I could hire someone right now to come clean my car while I'm here. Because uh, that's just how connected and how available all kinds of tasks, ideas. It's never been easier to manifest an idea, to, to, which is beautiful, amazing, powerful, but also a very ripe ground for exhausting yourself in the face of so much opportunity. <laughs> you know, we, we, we'll talk about, I've heard people talk about this, and I hear people mention this, and, you know, all the... You know, uh, I, I've always had this kind of annoyance towards terms like screen time and, you know, uh, what are some of the other terms? I can't think of any off the top of my head. But uh, things that kind of like, you know, uh, demonize something that's just a tool um, rather than the behavior that, that might actually be the problem. Um, This isn't about like I, people talk a lot about unplugging or like uh, about how bad how you know I'm sorry I'm blanking on this but like how how you know people only connect on over Facebook and don't have any real connections all these different kinds of things where we can we can beleaguer the tools that are available to us but that's not the issue the issue is the behavior because you're in control of yourself and if you don't feel in control of yourself then that's the fruit of the spirit. It's right here, self-control. <laughs> um, if, if you don't, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll tell a personal story with this. I was writing my second book, uh, Profound Good, and was having a really hard time, you know. Uh, I, my first book, uh, The Veil, was pretty successful for a self-published book and had done really well. And so, okay, this is a follow-up to a successful book. I better make it really awesome. And, you know, I'm trying to really figure out what I wanted to do, how I wanted to say it, what I wanted to do. And there was, there was um, a period there where I was just not getting anywhere because I was really nervous about putting together this, this particular part of this, of this book. And, man, I would so fast find myself having opened a web browser, be reading a very interesting and informative article about uh, what fruit is and th you know, things like that. Um, reading about, uh, you know, a, a ancient Assyrian culture, reading about stuff that was good to me and, and valuable to, to me, um, but running away from what God wanted me to do. Um, and I had the Holy Spirit correct me because a couple of weeks went by where I literally for a couple of weeks I had uh, been writing for several hours each day but had gotten zero progress whatsoever. Anyone ever had that experience with something? You don't need to raise your hand if you don't want to. <laughs> your heart hand is raised very high. <laughs> um, and the Holy Spirit said, you're not cultivating the fruit of self-control in your life. And so I just made it really simple for myself. Like, okay, I'm writing today, whether it's good or bad. 
And I caught myself one day five times having a web browser open and going to one of my favorite uh, sites with, uh, with you know, articles and essays and things like that and had it open before I even realized that I had made a decision to divert to something easy uh, and comforting. Um, it was comforting history. Um, and I, um, and every time I stopped myself and I apologized to myself and went back to writing. And so the, the thing again there is it, it can be easy for some of us to be like, when, when I say, you know, I was kind of highlighting peace and joy today to look at, oh, I want to cultivate fun in my life. Oh, but then how am I going to get anything done? And, you, oh, you're just promoting being idle and just doing things for fun. No, that's because you have, that, that's not how it works because you have these other fruits of the spirit, like self-control, like forbearance, that actually gird that up, that actually, that actually create a support around that so that those don't become out of balance. We need to be very, very careful, because some of us go one way, where we achieve, 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 get stuff done, finish, do this, and some of us, rather than experiencing true joy and true peace, will fall into whatever is comfy. <laughs> you know? Now, we, now, again, we have to steward this. We cannot treat this like rules, because then all of a sudden we'll be sitting, watching a television show that we really enjoy, experiencing shame, because we think we ought to be getting more done. Rather than cultivating joy, cultivating peace, cultivating self-control, cultivating patience, and recognizing when one of them is not doing well on the vine. Does that make sense? This is a, we, the fruit of the Spirit is not a gift of the Spirit, but it is of the Spirit. It comes from God. You cannot get it anywhere else. This is a gift that the world can understand that we can give them. If we can be the most productive, the most creative, the most uh, unique, the most talented people in our fields, in, in, in the places where God has placed us, and yet we also have the most whole families, the, the healthiest fr connections with friends and, and, and people groups, if we can protect goodness and kindness and joy and peace, that is something the world can recognize even if they don't know how to recognize God yet. And they will come to you looking for where you got that fruit. And you can tell them where you got it. And you can teach them how you cultivated it. Does that make sense? We, we, we cannot be tricked into living by the flesh. <laughs> We know the obvious things that are living by the flesh. <laughs> but we sometimes forget about some of the less obvious ones. Maybe I'll point those out real quick just for a second. So, chapter 5, it's all right here just so you know. Um, I'm just going to read through these. Some of these are a little awkward. so, uh, But... 519, the acts of the flesh are obvious. I love that he says that. <laughs> Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. So, none of that. Uh, idolatry and witchcraft. Idolatry and witchcraft. Idolatry, lifting something else up as being more valuable than God. Witchcraft, trying to get spiritual values with, apart from a connection with God. Hmm. 
Uh oh. <laughs> Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions and factions, and envy. Long list right there. <laughs> oh, factions. Hmm. Do I think of my. Do I. You know, this is. Okay, I have one minute. This is going to be a whole big thing, but. I have this theory that I have one minute and 17 seconds to, to posit to you. Um, I think that in a lot of ways, when God is referring to the flesh, we would sometimes call that like human nature or, or something like that. Not totally great with that phrasing, but it is, I, I would actually call it, and this is just Blake Healy's way of thinking of it, is more of an animalistic nature. Animals don't think about the future. They just work on impulse. They work on just getting what they feel like they need. And most of these things are surrounded by that. I believe that when we live godly, when we live by the spirit, we, we defy just our, our natural material nature and actually live for something bigger, live for something more beautiful, live for something much more powerful. And I think that we have had it kind of beat into us to do that in some of the more obvious ways, like debauchery and sexual immorality, which are obviously things of, of, of the flesh. But again, just like with the fruits of the Spirit, sometimes we rank them when God doesn't rank them. And we think, oh, it's okay. It doesn't matter that I think of myself as being in this group, and that's the out group, when literally just factions is, is listed here. <laughs> oh man, opening so many worms cans. Um, when I think jealousy, I mean, again, please take off the religious mindset that I'm in trouble and I'm getting in trouble. Sexual immorality and jealousy are in the same list, not ranked as greater or, or lesser. Why? Because anything less than living by the Spirit is less than we than what Jesus paid for. That's the point. It's. It's not about what you do. What you do is very important. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it's about transformation. And if you follow all of these things, avoid all these things by behavior alone, then you are missing out on what God has for you. Because he doesn't want to just change your behavior. He wants to transform you into something new, into a new life. And so I, I would encourage you. I, I, I would really encourage you guys to study just this chapter, uh, five and six especially, but mainly five, because he lays out some heavy boundaries. But again, these are not boundaries of, and he talks about how it's not having to do with, with the law. This is about stewarding your freedom. This is about stewarding it in a way that creates a life that is lived by the Spirit, that is better than one that you could cultivate on your own. And I don't want any of us to have a life that is as good as we can make it. <laughs> I want us to have a life that is as good as God can make it. Just stand up real quick. All right. So put your hands out in front of you. The gifts of the Spirit are amazing. I, ca I cannot heal someone. I can't do that. But I can pray, and all of a sudden... Something from God hits me and hits them. That's incredible. I cannot 
prophesy over someone. I can't say what God is thinking about someone. I cannot say what someone's future is. That is impossible. But God can give it to me. He can give it to you. And that is a beautiful experience that reminds us of who God is. That's, that's the supernatural. That's stuff that only God could do. That stuff is beautiful. Now, the fruits of the Spirit are something else. Not better, not worse, but something else. This is where God lays seeds in our hand and says, go plant this in your life and take care of it. It's where our responsibility, our response to what he's given us meets his divine power. We don't want to just seek peace as a gift. We don't want to seek peace as, oh, give me peace. Oh, give me peace because I'm not cultivating it in my own life. We want, he still will give us peace. He will still give us an anointing of peace. He will release uh, the, the power of his peace. But his design is that we would own peace, that we would have it in our house to give to our children, to give to our neighbors, to give to our friends, to be a self-reproducing facet of our lives. Fruit is the, is the, what is fruit? It is the structure that bears the seeds of a plant. It is the ability. Uh, the inherent ability to recreate itself is, is in the very thing itself. You are meant to own these things. You are meant to own them in your life. And only God can place it in your hands. But in this particular case, you do have to decide to cultivate it in your life. And so, Lord, we ask today that you just show us what's in our hands. Show us the seeds. Show us how we cultivate it, Lord. Show us how we can be the most productive people in the world while also being the most peaceful and the most joyous people in the world. Show us how we can protect these things. Help us recognize when we're valuing one as higher than the other. And help us recognize that this is not us, this is not a checklist of us doing a good job or a bad job, but tools that you have placed in our hand to help us recognize if we are living a life that is led by the Spirit, a life that is full of, of, of all of these fruits. And as I'm going to read them one more time over you. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to let, th these are just words. I want you to let the truth that God created behind them blow over your mind and speak to your heart and identify strengths that he wants to highlight, areas of weakness that he wants to uh, uh, birth new growth in. I just want you to listen to these. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, forbearance, also known as patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Help us recognize, Lord, that love is something that is cultivated in our life that we are meant to own. Joy is meant to be cultivated in our life, built upon, stewarded, protected, that we may need to build a greenhouse around our garden in certain seasons, in certain times, that we would recognize those areas. Peace, that peace is not something that we feel when there's nothing going on, when, there, when I'm less busy, that that is something I steward, that I take care of, that I cultivate, and I notice when it's getting sick. Forbearance, patience, that this is not just a gift from God, but this is something I hone, that I craft, that I build in my life, that it is a trust that, God, that I can work within God's time. Trust in the process, trust in the process that God has created. Kindness, that it actually matters how I treat other people, how I think of other people. And that that is not just a magical gift that God just makes me like people or love people, but that is something that I steward 
build and cultivate in my life and in the way I express myself to other people. Goodness, that I just like to do good things, that I have a I have a meter inside myself that is designed to recognize good and that I want to do good in every area of my life. No, no area more so, no area less so, that I want to do good everywhere that I go. Faithfulness, that I'm trustworthy, that I keep my faith, I keep my word, I keep my promises, I keep my commitments. I know how to remain, I know how to steward my connection with you, Lord, and I recognize my responsibility that you have revealed yourself to me, but I am stewarding my continued faithfulness towards you. Gentleness, that I am called to cultivate gentleness, carefulness, to steward the hearts of other, others well, to steward the, 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 not only the hearts of individuals, but the hearts of cultures, the hearts of different ages, the hearts of people that are different than me, that I am called to be gentle with the way that I engage with other people. And self-control, that I tell myself what to do, that I do what I set out to do, that I, that I follow the paths you set before me, even though I have the freedom not to. That this is not just this is not just a gift. This is not just something that you give me, but this is something that I can grow and steward and build upon. And over all of these fruits of the spirit, I re- I release the truth that it, this is not a pass fail system. This is something that is meant to be more fruitful every year upon year upon year, that in every season I have learned how to grow fruits that are big, that are ripe, that are, that are, that are multiplied, that are, that are award-winning blue ribbon fruits, that, that it's not just, oh, I managed to get some tomatoes, that I know how to steward and grow these things in my life, big and strong and powerful and whole. And Lord, we just invite you to speak to us, to teach us, and to show us how to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.